Morning, Jim. Morning, Jim. All right, well, let's uh, start off with uh, what happened at Williams Arena last night. Go for women's basketball, lost a game to Iowa, 108-60. to Caitlin Clark, uh, she goes into the record books, most points scored for a women's basketball player. She had 33 points last night. Your thoughts on the environment, and it sounds like that was a sellout game, right? It was a sellout. It was the seventh straight, obviously, all the Iowa home games are sellouts. It was the seventh straight road sellout game in conference for Caitlin Clark. Uh, that's, that, that tells you kind of everything you need to know. Um, and so the people got there early. They packed the place. It was a sellout. People stayed late to, as Caitlin signed autographs. So she, you know, both through performance and the way she handles uh, her fame, she just Re, every night she reestablishes she's the biggest deal to hit college women's basketball in a long time. You know, one of the biggest deals to hit basketball in a long time. Well, and we kind of figured this was going to be a blowout win, but I mean, it was more of the just achieving history and the crazy thing she's able to do. I mean, everybody knows that she's going to get the ball and that she can do amazing things with it, but yet she still pulls up huge numbers. How is this possible? Well, I mean, we see LeBron James do it. We saw Michael. I mean, she's a great basketball player. Great basketball players are going to fill the box score. And she is a, you know, I mean, her numbers last night, I mean, what was it? 30, 33 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists, two steals. Um, I mean, that's what great basketball players do. You know, they can, they can, they can force the action. They can react to what the defense does. They can beat you a, a bunch of different ways. It's, it's what all great basketball players do. You know, I mean, obviously scoring is the most important part of the game and it's what makes you a star, but truly great players aren't just scorers. They can uh, they can take advantage of defenses overplaying them and beat them beat you with the pass, and that's what she does. Jim, the Gopher men's basketball team, boy, high-scoring game. Uh, they, were, they went toe-to-toe with Illinois, and they lose the game 105-97 to on the road. Uh, boy, Illinois shot the ball well. The Gophers shot the ball well. Your thoughts on what happened? I thought it was a really impressive offensive performance for the Gophers. I thought the starting five played exceptionally well and played exceptionally well together. Really efficient offensively. Dawson Garcia was excellent. Um, you know, you like seeing two, more than two rebounds, but and maybe more than one assist. But you know, his job was to score last night. He puts up 29 points against a very good team. Uh, Christie was excellent. Uh, Payne was good. Hawkins, 10 points, 12 assists. Mitchell was good. Again, the shot really, really the difference in the game is depth. Uh, Illinois is just a much more developed uh, program. They got 20 points off their bench. The Gophers got three points off their bench. Uh, they just did not get anything off the bench. If they had, it might have been, they might have had a shot. Jim, when you look at this team, they've got three games left to go. Do they need to win all three and then maybe a Big Ten tournament game? So, like, go on a four-game win streak to give themselves any chance of being on the bubble? I think that's right. Um, they need to win the – yeah. I, mean, I said all along they needed to get to 11 wins and then uh, have a good showing of some kind in the Big Ten tournament. And now it's now it's uh, very defined. Now, you know, the, the loss to Nebraska left them at a point where they needed – they need to win at Northwestern. They need to win their two home games, and they need to look like a tournament team in the Big Ten tournament. All in all, how do you feel Ben Johnson and the Gophers have performed this year, considering that the expectation was they'd finish last again? Yeah, I mean, they went from two and seventeen to being on the bubble. I mean, that's that's a major leap, and um, I think we also saw Ben 
react to very difficult circumstances very well. Uh, Hawkins and Mitchell, you know, were, were really, really shrewd additions. Uh, Mitchell's a good player, but especially Hawkins. I mean, you know, you go out and get the guy who might lead the country in assists. Um, you know, they, I think they helped Dawson Garcia take another step forward. Um, you know, just they, they've just had a lot of bad things happen. You know, Evans leaving, uh, Battle leaving, um, you know, and Carrington not being really the player they hoped he would be offensively. And for him to just kind of throw a team together and and have this kind of a season, a very, you know, a deep, a very competitive season where you've got a chance to finish 500, you have a, an outside chance to go to the tournament. I just think that's a major step forward no matter how this ends. Jim, is it possible that they could get everybody back aside from Parker Fox, who I think would be the only guy who wouldn't have eligibility to come back? Yeah, that's the thing. Is that they might be. I mean, this is a a pretty good team, and they could be really good next year. I, I think there's more. On, I think I think that there's more there for for Dawson Garcia. I think he can round out his game. Um, now Hawkins is already an excellent player. Mitchell's already a, a good good shooting guard. Um, you know, I think Christie's going to develop into one of the best players in the league. I think Payne's going to develop into one of the best players in the league. That's your starting five. That's a really good starting five. They they need more effective depth. They need more scoring off the bench. But when you say that somebody needs to improve their bench, that means they have a pretty good team. Jim, the uh, Timberwolves last night, 110-101 winners. They downed Memphis uh, back-to-back nights. They got Carl Anthony Towns back. He had 13 points, 11 rebounds, played 37 minutes. Anthony Edwards played 40 minutes last night, scored 34 points. He had an ankle injury the day before. Um, another good showing, and and now they're 42-17. and 42-17 and 17 with a big weekend coming up. The Kings and the Clippers. And the Kings, I think, lost last night. Uh, the Clippers, uh, one of the greatest fourth quarters you will ever see if you have a chance to go back and watch it. LeBron James, uh, the Clippers are absolutely dominating the Lakers, just destroying them. And then LeBron decided to win the game. And I think seven, I think five three-pointers, 19 points in the fourth quarter, a couple assists, just took over the game. Uh, so, you know, Clippers are playing without Paul George. It's going to be, you know, the, hey, the Kings, that's a, a meaningful game. But Clippers-Wolves on Sunday will be very entertaining. Um, the Clippers are now, I think, four games behind the Wolves. Wolves kind of punked them the last time they saw them. Um, that could be a spectacle. Jim, the Minnesota Wild are going to play at Nashville tonight. They also made a signing yesterday. I do not know how to pronounce this guy's name. He got a two-year uh, contract uh, player that, that was signed from Sochi uh, in the Continental Hockey League. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I looked up how to pronounce his name earlier, and I lost. <laughs> I'm not going to try. Uh, basically, a Russian center uh, signed to a two-year. Two they drafted him in 2020. They signed him to a two-way contract. Um He's a very talented passer. He can score. He's 21 years old. Husnadinov. Husnadinov. Um, and he's a talented guy. And he's exactly the kind of guy they need. They need playmaking. They need centers. Um, and he's a he's a really talented guy. Um, you know, and, and uh, I don't know when he's going to arrive in the NHL. I don't know how good he'll be right away. But he's the kind of player they need. Is there a chance that he appears in a wild uniform this year? Theoretically, uh, nobody's really ruled it out. Nobody's really said it's going to happen. I think they, I think they want to get him over here and just see where he is right now. And, and, and you know, I will say that Garen, Bill Garen did say yesterday in a quote, Marat is the type of player that can help us right now. So, you know, I, I think they're hoping he'll give them a boost here. I think, and, you know, 
it's it might be difficult for this franchise where it is right now to go out and trade for assets on a very small chance to make the playoffs. So maybe this is their this is the equivalent of a trade deadline acquisition. Uh, Jim, yesterday, I know we, we can't make a whole lot of what's going on in spring training. Uh, the Twins lost the game 12-3 to against the Orioles. Uh, Pablo Lopez, not a good showing. Ron Duran got tagged for four and runs. Um, any thoughts on the Twins and what's going on at spring training so far? Uh, I just would never read into uh, a veteran pitcher's numbers in spring training uh, for a, cu- a couple of big reasons. Number one, you know, Duran, you don't want Duran throwing his hardest right now. Uh, you don't want Lopez throwing his hardest right now. Uh, you want them getting their work in and being healthy. And they might go out for a spring training say, outing and say, I'm going to throw my slide. I'm going to work on my slider today. I'm going to throw my slider as much as possible. And hitters might figure that out and just pound it. Um, you know, uh, so just just don't look at box scores. Do not look at spring training box scores. The, if they're if they're healthy at the end of the spring, then they have accomplished what they need to accomplish. Uh, would you expect that uh, Margot will get a chance to get in the lineup uh, today, tomorrow, something like that? I would think so. He's been in camp. He he rushed to camp, which is a good always a good sign. He basically got on a plane as soon as he was uh, traded. Uh, so yeah, I would think he's going to play very soon. Jim, do you know how much they're going to play Byron Buxton on the outfield this year? Just kind of wait and see, you know, how he feels and things like that? No, but there's absolutely no way for anybody to know, including Buxton and the Twins. It's going to be a day-by-day, how does he feel, how does he look, um, you know, it's going to be, they're going to feel their way through it. And the last thing they're going to do is, t- even if they had a number in mind, and I guarantee they don't, uh, the last thing they're going to do is say it publicly because they don't want anybody saying, oh, you know, you said Buxton's going to play 100 games. He ended up playing, you know, 53 games. I mean, they, you know, they don't want it to be a negative, whatever number he ends up playing. They just want him healthy as much as possible. Jim, the NFL scouting combine starts today. Uh, I saw one of the notes from uh, the NFL, I believe, yesterday that Caleb Williams, who is expected to go first, probably to the Bears, unless they trade the pick, um, that Williams is going to meet with a bunch of NFL teams most of the teams that are at the top of the draft, but then the Vikings were also on that list who picked number 11. Um, we've not talked about Caleb Williams much. What do you think about him as a player? And is that just the Vikings checking just in case he were to drop or would they seriously want to move up to get him? I mean, they would love to have Caleb Williams and nobody knows exactly how this is going to play out. We just don't know. Uh, so this is just due diligence. Um, you know, the Vikings want a quarterback in this draft and, you know, it doesn't matter who says what in any mock draft. We don't know what's going to happen. There's still a slim chance that somebody's going to make the Bears such a ridiculous offer for the first pick that they would trade the first pick, uh, get all those assets, and either keep Justin Fields or draft a quarterback later in the first round. I mean, they've, they have so many picks they can maneuver around better than anybody else. So anything's still possible. They might as well do their due diligence. But they would love to have Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams, I think after is after you know two seasons ago, he looked like the best player in college football. Last year, he was again he made a lot of spectacular plays. He was very productive. He had a couple of games that made you you know like the, the game against Notre Dame was not good. He looked like he was just out. He, he made a lot of mistakes. So he's very talented. He's probably going to be the first pick in the draft, but it's not a guarantee. Yeah, if uh, a player like Drake May were to drop. Third, fourth, fifth, sixth, something like that with the Vikings. Do you, do you know whether or not they'd be interested in trying to move up to get him? I don't know what they think of. I don't know what they really think of Drake May. 
Um, I'm hoping that we get some more insights into that through our, our team's reporting here. And when we do, I'll pass it along. I, I, to me, Drake May is the guy who scares me. Uh, he, he's one of those guys who looks like a quarterback and has a great highlight reel, uh, but he misses some throws. He has some bad games. Uh, he's not as athletic as Caleb Williams or Jaden Daniels. Um, I'm not saying he won't be a good quarterback, but to me, he's the he's the one that worries me. Out of I think I think Caleb Williams is going to be very good. I think Jaden Daniels has a chance to be very good. Um, I think some of the other quarterbacks of that group of top six might end up being really good. Drake May is the one guy I wouldn't really feel great about spending a top ten pick on. Jim, what do you think about uh, Penix? I know you've talked about him before, the lefty from from Washington and J.J. Uh, McCarthy from Michigan. Are those guys that could go, you know, number 11 if the Vikings want them there? Yes. Uh, McCarthy could go any – McCarthy could move into the top 10. McCarthy could go late first round. We don't really know. Um, remember, you know, Patrick Mahomes is the 10th pick in the draft. Uh, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers is, I think, 24th pick in the draft. I mean, you just don't know when the great quarterback's going to go. Of course, then there's Brady in the sixth round, Russell Wilson in the third round, Montana in the third – or Wilson second round, Montana third round. We just don't know. Um, I loved, loved Penix last year. Uh, he did not have a great game, and he got beat up physically in the national championship game. I don't know how much that will affect his draft status. I still There are still a million things I like about him. McCarthy is a winner. Um, you know, he, he didn't have to do a lot for that Michigan team, but he came up big in big situations and he's a very good athlete. I mean, you know, this, we have no idea what's going to happen in this draft and whatever we think is going to happen in the draft, even if we have good information, we'll probably get thrown, blown up by trades, uh, on draft day. All right, Jim, what do you got on your podcast? Uh, let's see. We're going to do uh, the Jeff Diamond show today. Talk a little bit how the combine and the scouting things work. Uh, we will also do a chin music baseball show with Roy Smalley and Lavelle Neal. Uh, we have preps day with John Malay coming out today, as well as, of course, John Krasinski on the Wolves, uh, the Viking Update show, and Don Mitchell's Dawn of Sports show, and everything's at talknorth.com. All right, Jim. Thank you. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks, Jim. It's Jim Suhan, Star Tribune sports columnist, joining us every weekday morning at this time. Follow him on Twitter at Suhan Strib. Check out his latest column at the Star Tribune or his podcast at talknorth.com. And Jim, today is brought to you by the Green Mill in downtown St. Cloud. It is 730 and we're at 14 degrees. Headed for a high today of 48. Sunny skies, low tonight, 31. 56 for the high tomorrow. And then uh, on Saturday, looking for a high of 54. Sunday, 65. ABC News, I'm Sherry Preston. The Supreme Court agreeing to hear arguments on whether